Hi, everybody. My name is Jared Milrad. I'm the founder of Movie Karma. We're the nonprofit organization that created our podcast called Rewriting Hollywood, which, I'm sure, as many of you know, focuses on diversity, equity, inclusion, representation, as well as social impact. Really looking at the power of storing and how and how we can harness that power of storytelling for social good and for social change all around the world. Um, today, I'm really excited to have someone who came to us through our a Show for Change Film Festival. Uh, and has made an incredible project uh, called Finding Polly Mahan. Her name is Jillian Lee. She's a director of this of this project. It, it focuses on the story of uh, Dharmawan, who is a Balinese man who found a solution to plastic pollution by uniting his community behind an Asian philosophy. And we'll learn more about that philosophy and really this fascinating project, which looks at the intersection kind of between environmental justice, environmental pollution, and also just local activism and local uh, grassroots uh, folks who are, are really making a difference on, on their local environment. So Jillian, thank you so much for being on the, on the show. It's exciting to have you on. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So let's dive right in. Um, first of all, Jillian, let's, let's start with your background. We like to start there with our filmmaker guests um, to get a sense of your journey and, and how you kind of ended up where you are. So um, I read a little bit about you. I've obviously really, been really excited to have your, your, your film here as part of our Show for Change Film Festival. I, I saw you have a background in film. You're also photography work. You attended a, an, immerse, an immersive and inten intensive film program in Italy. Um, and you also have developed kind of a global perspective through international studies at the University of Michigan. You're bilingual in Chinese and English. So lots of fascinating things that you've done. Tell us a little about why filmmaking was of interest to you, kind of how you found your way to this. Yeah, so um, like my formal practice of filmmaking when I was in Italy, that was more of like a high school summer program where I was just interested in it and I found something that aligned my interests. But then after high school, filmmaking went a little bit in the back burner of my mind. And I went to a university for uh, international studies and then I minored in Chinese. And during my time there, I really loved everything I was learning. Um, but I also feel like I tend to like to learn visually and express things more artistically. Um, and sometimes I felt all these papers that I was reading had really important messages, but they weren't as accessible to maybe people who weren't exactly in university reading academic papers or maybe people who might not necessarily like to read. And that's when I started transitioning to media where I started finding um, that a lot of people watch like TV, short, short videos, go on social media. And I realized that that is a form of telling a message or telling a story that's actually super, super powerful and um, can really make a change. So knowing that, I was like, okay, I really wanna do documentaries, but I had no uh, formal training in documentaries up to that point. Um, but I did go to Bali a previous summer and I learned about um, a community there that instilled a local-based plastic pollution solution. And so I was like, okay, this is a perfect opportunity to tell a story about that. And I raised money. Um, and then I, I learned the ropes of the course as I went. Like for two months prior, I, I kind of learned um, how to be like producer, director, um, direct cinematographers and other people I'd be bringing onto my team without uh, knowing exactly its terminology. So it was a really fun 
uh, dive all in type experience. And then I went to Bali and I was with this team, incredible team. So it was uh, a great experience. And then now from there, I decided documentary is something I want to do for my whole life um, in some shape or form. And so then after that, um, I did a program that taught me more technical skills at University of Southern um, or University US UCSB, so Santa Barbara. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, and I did an environmental um, documentary program there. And then after college, I graduated in 2020. I did, um, I worked for Jackson Wild, which is a film festival for um, environmental films. And I met a lot of incredible people there. And then from that, now I'm transitioned into um, another documentary production company called The Others. And that is, uh, um, that is, Right now, like we just came out with, I don't know if you heard of The Vow, but it's The Vow yeah, Part Two. Absolutely. Yeah, so yeah, I was awesome. production associate on that, which was great. Um, and so this has been my journey from when I graduated to now. Yeah. That's really awesome. I love that because it really just, I think for folks who might be interested in the, the path that you've taken or have taken a similar path, I think they'll connect to it a lot. Um, and just shows a lot of determination and kind of, you know, finding a way no matter what to do what you love to do. Walk us through a little bit, Jillian, if you would, of those kind of early steps, as you said, as you were on the ground in Bali, before we get to the specifics of this project, I just wanted to get a sense of like, what fears or, you know, trepidations as you have as you were sort of learning your craft there kind of in real time and, and, and taking on this project? And how did you navigate some of those challenges? Well, I guess like the biggest fear was leading a group and making sure there was no one hurt or everybody was okay everybody was in one piece um so i mean in terms of that that was more like logistical planning beforehand and a lot of reading about what to do and a lot of research on like places to stay and ways that we can travel um but something that i think was very specific to this project and that was really in the forefront of my mind because i did uh cultures and communities through international studies is being respectful when you enter a space that's not your space and telling a story that's not necessarily a story that's coming from directly from your community. Um, and kind of going more into the filmmaking space, I have realized that sometimes filmmakers are great filmmakers, but sometimes they lack skills that are, should be ha should be um, in their toolkit for entering a community that's not necessarily their community. And so my biggest fear entering um, this Tonkis village and the Klung Klung um, community was uh, making sure we were being respectful and we weren't taking advantage and making sure that we went in with an anthropological mindset, which I feel like is important to emphasize in any type of production. And so to prepare for that was, um, to really huddle and tell my team like expectations and make sure that we were all on the same page of how to present ourselves and how to act according to those people's standards instead of our own standards. Um, right. And examples of that is like how you dressed, like how you spoke to somebody. Um, and I think that is something that's really important to instill in any group's mind before they go into a space, especially documentary, which can be really sensitive in terms of topics. And it's 
all that kind of stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that you instilled that too in your team and and had that approach from day one, it sounds like, which was really awesome. Um, did you have mentors? Did you have folks that were kind of helping to guide you both in terms of those cultural practices and cross-cultural relationships, but also in terms of the filmmaking aspects? Like, or were you kind of, did you feel like you kind of had to really had to figure it out on your own? Um, in terms of filmmaking, no, because I wasn't in any like filmmaking classes at school. I did, I guess my biggest like teacher was my sister because she just did, she was a film or she is a filmmaker um, and she did go to film school. So she would give me advice when I would ask her. So my sister. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and awesome. then, <laughs> yeah, it was great. And then in terms of mentorship entering Bali, yes, a lot. Cause I went there previously alone, um, not doing a film and I met um, great people. Uh, Dave Fagardi, who was uh, initiated Keep Bali Beautiful, which is the organization that helps Dharmawan, um, really helped me enter and introduced me to a lot of people. And one of those people was Pooji and Pooji was a huge, huge, huge uh, help on our project. And she was a wonderful individual um, and she helped translate and she acted as a translator as we talked to a lot of different communities and she really did tell us like the expectations when we entered a certain place and how we should behave and honestly without Pooji or Dave it like it could not have happened and could not have happened as gracefully as it did. <laughs> <laughs> right a key a key key point to have those local folks and, and just experts on the ground. Yeah. Um, okay let's let's tell folks about this project so for folks who haven't seen it um, it's really fantastic. I hope folks will see it as it navigates and moves around the festivals and wider release. But um, tell us a little bit, if you were joining about uh, Pali Mahan, what is that, you know, what does that mean? What is this ancient philosophy that you're referring to in this project? Who's Dharma Wan? Just give us a little more context. And, and, and also, like, why, is, why do you, I guess, part two of that is, why is this story important? Why do you think this is something important to tell? Yeah, of course. So, um, I guess I can start with why it's important to tell. I think plastic pollution um, in lots of areas, it's like a huge issue. Uh, and the reason why I thought it was, uh, was especially important to tell was because when I went to Bali as a tourist, um, just from my own experiences, I was in initially in very tourist, tour, tourist uh, influenced areas. And when I was there, I was like, wow, everyone's promoting like very healthy living, like yoga, influencer culture, um, sustainability. And then I was shocked when I went like 40, 30 minutes out and I right. went to the communities where it was a completely different world. And the discrepancy between the two was really heartbreaking and also really troubling that if you went back to the tourist areas and you told people hey, um, have you seen this? A lot of people would say no, there was a disconnect. And so I personally felt not right being in Bali, you know, enjoying the beaches, enjoying the clubs, enjoying the good food, knowing that there's this like huge issue next to me. Yeah. Uh, and so, and I know this is an issue in a lot of different places, but the reason why I chose Bali was because I had that personal experience that kind of led me into this train of thinking. Um, and so then when I went, uh, went, met Dave and who he introduced me to Dharma Wan, 
I started learning about how Dharmawan uh, dealt with the issue of plastic pollution in his community. And I thought it was really unique because he, the organization in Dharmawan talked about this concept of Trihita Karana. Um, and I think applying a solution, the same solution to each place is very hard and you have to think locally and I think oh and think like where you are in the world and how you can make an effective lasting change and I think uh going back to somebody's roots or going back to a culture's uh beliefs and instilling inspiration within a group of people being like hey like we had this philosophy or we have this let's uphold it is really important so this is just one example which acts like as a microcosm of a bigger a bigger dialogue and um, more solutions that could be applied in those specific areas. Um, and Trihita Karana uh, means it encompasses like uh, the three causes of well-being or the three causes of prosperity. And those three elements are relationships with people, relationship with gods and relationship with nature. Um, and that is practiced a lot through ceremonies and um, Pali Mahana specifically the relationship with nature and so the relationship with nature idea is that we're all part of this world and all part of this environment and as the environment gives we also give back um, and due to the waste management system there is a disconnect a little bit of what's happening on the ground versus the belief system um, and so Dharmawan saw that and I, other people see that and then they're using that to tell people, hey, like maybe we should reevaluate and go back to our roots. This is why we should care. And then there creates like a personal um, reason that somebody should care about this issue. Um, and obviously that is, it's not as, uh, it's not as simple as that. That was just to ignite like the uh, initial spark in people. Right. Um, but uh, a lot of it also is like education and creating, finding um, money and resources to create a lasting waste management center and uh, system. So, so like once that initial spark happened, Dharmawan like gathered everyone in his community and was like, we really need to spearhead a recycling center um, and we really have to... Uh, take responsibility in all separating our waste and created all these regulations within his own village. And then he paired with Keep Bali Beautiful, which was initiated by Dave Fogarty um, to help with the initial funding. And then once Dave gave the funding, they could create the recycling center. And then through there, now they have like a working system, um, which I believe they're also able to make money through the system because now that they're separating recyclables, and compostables, they can make uh, pellets that are used for energy and then the recycle, recyclable material can also be sold. So, um, hmm. yeah. That's really fascinating. And I love how you, yeah, we're able to just walk us through that both in the film and just now so folks understand kind of the, the cycle here that that uh, Dharma wanted and this community was trying to reinvigorate or create in terms of its relationship with its environment. Do you think that having spent time there and, and learned about this community, 
you know, we see this definitely around the world too, right? Where a lot of local traditions and practices are, are eroded through large corporations, others that come in, tourism industries and others that exploit those, those communities and those environments. And to your point, kind of erode those practices that were, that were traditional practices or native practices over many generations. And so do you feel like this is a, my question is, do you feel like this is an ethos or a philosophy that could be applied or kind of reawoken in other parts of the world to or other parts of this this region to try to address some of the environmental injustices? Yeah, like Chita Karana, I know it's specific to Bali because it's uh, it's related to Balinese Hinduism, which is the main religion of the island, but that I'm sure in other communities. I'm sure that there are a lot of other communities have special relationships and really value nature and the environment through their own way. Um, and I think the issue becomes is when you have these ideologies, but then um, because of globalization, because of rising tourism, new materials come and then your ideologies become challenged with what's happening in your everyday life. Like as plastic comes, plastic came to the island, but there was a lack of education about plastic. And so you have these ideologies and like before um, they really used a lot of organic material like banana leaves um, and compostable organics. Um, and so they had a system of like throwing away trash in a way that was not harmful for the environment. But when this new, new, um, new material came, it just exploded and the sometimes, the rate that the material came and the rate that development happened didn't match people changing their habits. Um, and so, yeah, I think that people can, like people in different communities um, who have like different philosophies that uh, makes like a special relationship between the people and nature that can be used in lots of different places to remember, be like, oh, wait, something's wrong here. With, and then use that as uh like a spark to be like this is why us we this is why this is important for us and this is why we should prioritize it um every day so we can uphold those beliefs um yeah and i'm just saying that from like an outsider's perspective i'm sure it can be different depending on communities and more complicated than that but um i definitely think it creates like a sense of purpose that kind of gets you out of everyday habits because I think everybody experiences it, things like being in a habit and with a lack of why you should prioritize something habits continue and so like having some kind of existential right. well this is why I do it and attaching yourself to that cause is important yeah because isn't that the? I mean would you say that that's the key to sustainability I mean in, both in terms of sustainability of our environment and how we treat it, but also sustainability of the practices of ameliorating, you know, pollution and addressing pollution. And in terms of like, that's kind of the well of commitment and follow through and belief that can help communities overcome a lot of these environmental injustices, right? In terms of, um, as opposed to like a Western person coming in or a foreign person coming and saying, no, you should do this or do that to fix your environment. Yeah, like connecting our behaviors to like what with our um, our belief systems. And yeah, like kind of what you're touching on, Trihita Karana, although it's um, specific to Bali's Hinduism and Bali, 
it is something that is very translatable in, in lots of different places. And I, I, I think a lot of people or a lot of people should or could believe in um, that a harmonious relationship with the environment, um, people, and maybe not necessarily gods, but like some higher power, whatever you believe in creates happiness. <laughs> Right, absolutely. No, that was actually my next question was, how do you feel like this, what you learned in Bali through this community could be applied to not only Native communities, which we just talked about, and, you know, helping inspire grassroots activism around the world, but also just how can it apply to our, you know, our, our lives here in kind of this busy, you know, very developed world that we live in, in, in terms of, you know, in the US or other parts of the Western world, like, did, did you take certain things home from this experience that, you know, you could, you could apply in your daily life or we should apply? Yeah, it's like, for me, I think it's priorities, definitely, because I think um, I, I do this all the time where I, especially living in New York City, where you're like, wake up, brush teeth, go to work, and then you just your head down. Sometimes you just get your head down and work all the time. You think that's like the right. biggest issue and the biggest um, to do in your priority list. And then sometimes just taking a, uh, taking a minute and just being like, wait, I have like friends that I haven't contacted in a while, family members I haven't contacted in a while. Um, like maybe I, I need some quiet to like think about the universe in a deeper way, or maybe I need to go for a walk. And I, I, this philosophy has affected me in, in, in the sense that it has reminded me that my work doesn't need to be my central way that I orbit and like the way that I function around my life. Um, and it shouldn't be. And when I am unhappy <laughs> or like when I do feel stressed out, those three uh, different elements do come into my head being like, wait, maybe I just need to exercise one of them or um, like, uh, what's the right word? Uh, nurture that part right. of my life mm. yeah and I yeah. think it's, I think it's very trans like it, it really relates also like it's very interesting I think there has been like kind of a um there's been kind of a reawakening of spirituality and spirituality has kind of become such a buzzword but spirituality within like especially the United States and Europe and like refining yourself outside of your job, whether it's through like psychedelics or through meditation and yoga. Um, so maybe that just shows that everyone's realizing like, whoa, we've all, we've all gone down the rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I, I love that. Cause I think like that was, that was some, one of my last questions was just around the impact you hope this will have on, on viewers. And I, I think like that must be part of it or could be part of it. Right. In terms of, how we live our lives and how we reconnect to nature to, to the world around us and how we you know realize that we are part of the environment whether we like it or not and what we do to it impacts all of us are those some of the impacts you hope to have with this or or or, or what what do you want folks to take home from from this project yeah so for this project i i try, i made it with two audiences in mind um people who would watch it who would be tourists in uh, Bali to watch it and be like wow I didn't really realize about this issue or I wasn't I, I wasn't really aware when I went to Bali and be like next time I go or if a friend goes I'll tell them about this and they can contribute 
in a positive way in some shape or form. So my hope would be like looking at organizations that focus on local-based um, solutions and supporting that if they're going to support organization or doing a beach cleanup or doing um, an education uh, program. There's so many different organizations um, and people are open to that in Bali that I think uh, using this film as a way to be to spark that in someone's mind and be like, oh, I should I should think about that when I go to Bali is really important for me. And then in terms of Bali itself, I reason why I try to make most of it in Balinese was so I can show it to like students in other communities. Um, and unfortunately, I have not been able to go back to Bali yet because of life. But I have some people in Bali who I know are showing the film, which is great. Awesome. And I can go, I will go. <laughs> that's awesome. But yeah, you should and when you can, of course. But that's great that you're also using it as an educational tool or, or way to impact the local community too um, and share the story. It, it's it's really it's really fantastic. I guess the last question I have for you, um, Julian, is just what what's next for you as a filmmaker? Um, are these the kinds of projects you want to keep making or are you interested in delving into other topics, other subjects? What, what are you thinking about doing next? Yeah, so impact film, I would say this like impact film, mm -hmm. impact documentaries are something that really interests me. Um, this was a student project and so, and I didn't really know much when I did it. And so I, my next project would probably be a longer, um, a longer project with more of, um, with more of more money that I can dip into and create something that's maybe for a bigger platform that more people can see would be my my hope and my goal. Um, and creating content, whether it's documentary or fictional, but has some sort of social message is definitely the route that I plan to continue down. Um, and now I'm getting such great experience like working on these uh, really big productions. Um, and so I, with, the company the others we're still working on other i'm i have roles on other projects there that are um, gonna be hopefully coming out soon so um that's my direction for now and then eventually maybe in a few years you'll see me as a director on a film that is on a bigger platform or with a bigger budget so we'll see <laughs> that's my that's my goal but i definitely do think that the common theme of all my films would be something that creates some sort of social social message, whether it's environmental or um, like social justice. Uh, one of the topics yeah. that really interests me are like around like uh, like uh, sexual violence and like de um, trafficking, human trafficking. So that's something that might be a pipeline. Pipeline. Yeah. Yeah, amen to that. And that's so great that you have that passion. And, and I, we're all for obviously impact filmmaking around here. So uh, super awesome. Congratulations to you. Again, the project is Finding Polly Mahan. It's uh, directed by Jillian Lee. It's it's really fantastic short doc and, and um, documentary story that I think will inspire a lot of folks. And I'm sure is inspiring a lot of folks around how we treat the world around us, the environment around us, and how we treat local communities as well. So um, Jillian, thank you again for being on Rewriting Hollywood. It was really amazing having you on. Thank you. It was so nice talking. Have a wonderful day.